Blessings and greetings to Women's Wednesdays. My name is Mariama Tane, and I'm humbled, thankful, and grateful for your presence here this evening. I'd like to start off the show with some words from 
the Bible that speaks on and to tonight's theme, which is homeschool part two. In my prayer for wisdom and understanding, these verses came to mind when um, wanting to express the importance. James 1 through 5. If any of you lacks wisdom, you shall ask God, who gives generously to all without finding fault, and it will be given to you. Proverbs 2, verse 6 to 11. For the Lord gives wisdom, and from his mouth comes knowledge and understanding. He stores up sound wisdom for the upright and is a shield to those who walk in integrity guarding the path of the just, and, protect, and, and protecting the way of his faithful one. Then you will understand what is right, just, and upright, every good path. For wisdom will enter your heart, and knowledge will be pleasant to your soul. Discretion will protect you. Understanding will watch over you. And so what does the Bible say? Regarding homeschooling, Proverbs 4, verse 1 to 2, listen to my sons, to a father's instruction. Pay attention and gain understanding. I give you sound learning, so do not forsake my teaching. Proverbs 1, 7 to 9, of the Lord is the beginning of knowledge. Stubborn fools despise wisdom and discipline. My son, listen to your father's discipline, and do not neglect your mother's teachings, because discipline and teachings are a graceful garland on your head and a golden chain around your neck. Proverbs 22, verse 6, start children off on the way they should go, and even when they are old, they will not turn from it. Deuteronomy 6, 5 to 9, love the Lord your God with all your heart, all your soul, and all your strength. Always remember, these commands I give you today. Teach them to your children and talk about them when you sit at home and walk along the road, when you lie down and when you get up. Write them down and tie them to your hands as a sign. Tie them to your forehead to remind you, to write them on your doors and gates. Deuteronomy. 11, verse 19, teach them to your children, talking about them when you sit at home and when you are walking along the road, when you lie down and when you get up. That is so important that we teach them. Please feel free to text us live at 646-494-4722. And if you'd like to add to tonight's discussion on any of the subjects, presented here, you can call in and press 1 on your dial pad. Um, Tonight's theme, homeschooling. My personal journey started in the bookstore, trying to learn from those that deem themselves experts in this topic and have walked walked and trotted the road before myself and um, have, have... have been willing to share their knowledge with others. 
And the first book um, I came across that I read about on different blogs and websites is called The Well-Trained Mind. Again, um, if you're interested in this topic, I suggest now to get a pen and paper because I'm going to be giving out some valuable information. Again, this book is called The Well-Trained Mind, A Guide to Classical Education at Home. Again, The Well-Trained Mind, A Guide to Classical Education at Home. And this is by Susan B. Sorry, Susan Wise Bauer. B-A-U-E-R, Susan Wise Bauer, and Jesse Wise. And this book um, introduced me to a classical education. And that's the education that was used in, quote, unquote, the medieval times, centuries gone past, when when, um, education was revered. And, 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 And that education itself was treated as an art form. So part one in this book is the grammar stage, which is con- which is kindergarten through fourth grade. And she really, well, they really break down, you know, how to teach a child through that time period. Part two is called the logic stage, which is fifth grade through eighth grade. And then part three is the rhetoric stage, which is ninth grade through twelfth grade. And then part four is how to educate your child at home with detailed specifics, along with going to college, applications for homeschoolers, planning for college, choosing the application process, the portfolio, a successful application, transcript help, a word about early admissions, um, working, apprenticeships, and other jobs, as well as um, different explanations on how to go about the process from beginning, middle, and end of homeschooling. It's a really thick book. It has um, over 800 pages. It's worth it. You don't have to go outside and, you know, beg for information. You have a legitimate resource in The Well-Trained Mind, A Guide to Classical Education at Home by Susan Wise Bauer. And so when I came across these um, terms like the logic stage and the rhetoric stage and the grammar, I was not aware of what that specifically meant. So then that led me on another journey as to what those words in conjunction together, what does it fall under the umbrella of? How is it broken down? What does this mean? And so that's how I came across the trivium Quadrivium. And so what that is about, the quadrivium was formulated, was first formulated and taught by Pythagoras as the Tetrakites around 500 BC in a community where all were equal, materially and morally, and where women had equal status to men. It was the first um, schooling structure that honed education down to seven essential subjects later known as the Severn Liberal Arts. The the word education comes from the Latin educare, meaning to lead out, pointing to the central doctrine that Socrates, under Plato's pen, spoke of so clearly. Knowledge is an inherent and intrinsic part of our soul structure. 
the trivium of language is structured on the cardinal and objective values of truth, beauty, and goodness. Its three subjects are grammar. So grammar, that ensures the good structure of language. Grammar ensures the good structure of language. Logic for finding truth. Use logic to find truth. And rhetoric for the beautiful use of language in expressing truth. So that is what the trivium is. Again, that's grammar, the good structure of language, logic for finding truth, rhetoric for the beautiful use of language in expressing truth. So the quadrivium arises out of the most revered of all subjects available to the human mind, which is number. First, these, The first of these disciplines we call arithmetic. The second is geometry or the order of space as number in space. Overstand. The third is harmony, which for Plato meant number and time. The music. Music is number and time. You get the quarters, the 16 bars, all that stuff. And so the fourth is astronomy, or number in space and time. That's what astronomy is. Overstand. All these studies offer a safe and reliable ladder to reach the simultaneous values of the true, the good, and the beautiful. This, in turn, leads to the essential harmonious values of wholeness. Our soul, which is proven to be immortal by Socrates and the Phaedro, comes from a position of complete knowledge. So it's coming from a position of complete knowledge prior to being born into the body, remembering the point of education literally means putting the separate members back into wholeness. And like I spoke of last week, you know, the public education system gives you the puzzle pieces. And only if you show that you have an advanced perception and you show the teacher that, hey, this piece goes with that piece, then they put you in gifted. Right? And then when you're in gifted, you get some more big chunks of the pieces, and then from that, then they distinguish the elite intellectually. And so this space of trivium quadrivium comes from here's the whole. Now let's break this down, how it all works together. To me, that just simply explains the well-trained mind, and that's what I want my children to have. Because the mind is a muscle, just like your biceps or your abs, to work it out, it has to be trained. And there's a process. There are processes and methodologies that have been time-tested that we should look toward. Okay, and so the goal of studying these subjects was to climb back up to unity through simplification based on understanding gauges gained by engaging in each area of the quadrivium. The goal lay in finding their source traditionally was the sole purpose of the search for knowledge. In his discussions on the fields of education, Socrates reveals his model of the continuity of consciousness. This was a line drawn vertically, reaching from the beginning of conscious knowledge in estimations right up to the climax of consciousness as no as um, gnosis. 
which is unified understanding. Beyond this is the indescribable and ineffable. There are significantly four stages, another quadrivium given by Socrates, the vision of the ontological line. First and fundamental divisions between the intelligible and the sensory world between mind and matter. Next, each of these is divided. Estimations from opinions. Overstand. Then you divide estimations from the opinions. In the sensory world, even correct opinions are still based on sensory experience. While above the first divided line, the intelligible world of the mind, we find ourselves in the truth-bearing realm of the quadrivium, true and objective knowledge. The final topmost division of the intelligible is nous, or pure knowledge itself, where the knower, the known, and the knowing become one. This is the goal and source of all knowledge. Thus, time and wisdom tested, the quadrivium offers the sincere seeker the opportunity to regain their own inner understanding of the integral nature of the universe with themselves as an inseparable part. So once I read that, it just really opened up my whole mind. And it made me question the societal structure, planned, the whole networking of the schools and the parents and how they feed certain professions. And like I said in previous shows, I zoom in and then I come out and look at the overstanding of it. You have to overstand. So with that bearing in mind, I bought the book Quadrivium. The Four Classical Liberal Arts of Number, Geometry, Music, and Cosmology. Again, quadrivium. The Four Classical Liberal Arts of Number, Geometry, Music, and Cosmology. And this book is um, published by Wooden Books. And it's a compilation, and it breaks down. It's, it, it breaks down wonderfully the secret qualities of quantities. So, even I mean, you, you you start off with the monad, which is of course zero. I mean, sorry, one, which is unity. Unity, one, God, the Great Spirit, mirror of wonders, the still eternity, permanence. So it breaks down number in a whole different way. Two is duality, which is opposite. So then you're so then you're breaking down to your child the whole of the number three, you know, and the whole of quaternity, which is two pairs overstand. You know, and so beyond three we enter the realm of manifestation. Four is the firstborn thing. The first product of procreation, two twos. The tetrad is thus the first square number other than one. It is the symbol of the earth and the natural world. Four is the basis of three-dimensional space. The simple solid known as the tetrahedron or four-facer is made of four triangles or four points or spheres and is fundamental to the structure of three-dimensional space as the triangle is to the plane. Four is often associated with the material modes of manifestation, fire, air, earth, water, and a square around a circle defines a heavenly ring whose area is equal to the enclosed circle. And it has pictures. 
Okay, so it's really so then your child and, and myself, you and your child are overstanding the symbology, all the different manifestations of four and five and the numbers. The numbers become something that are that you know that's tangible. And it becomes real. So again that's the quadrivium. The four classical liberal arts of number, geometry, music, and cosmology. Another book that I really recommend is The Trivium. And this is um, The Trivium, The Liberal Arts of Logic, Grammar, and Rhetoric. Again, The Trivium, T-R-I-V-I-U-M. I'm sorry, Quadrivium is Q-U-A-D-R-I-V-I-U-M. Again, Quadrivium. Q-U-A-D-R-I-V-I-U-M, and Trivium, T-R-I-V-I-U-M. The Trivium, the liberal arts of logic, grammar, and rhetoric, understanding the nature and function of language. And this is by Sister Miriam Joseph. Again, by Sister Miriam Joseph. So Sister Miriam Joseph was this famed nun, Catholic nun, and she was famed for all of the elite children and astounding intellectual geniuses, quote-unquote, that she taught and went on to greatness and her style, and she was one of the last ones that captured because she was allowed into, like, the archives and the Vatican and such to see the true form of the Trivium Quadrivium. Because, again, this is how the kings and queens and going back to the pharaohs and the way that knowledge, again, it was an art form, so that the most can be gained and you can move quickly and swiftly with ease. And so in this book, The Trivium, The Liberal Arts of Logic, Grammar, and Rhetoric, Understanding the Nature and Function of Language, um, Sister Miriam Joseph breaks down the liberal arts, and the liberal arts denote the seven branches of knowledge that initiate the young into a life of learning. The concept is classical, but the term liberal arts and the division of the arts into the trivium and the quadrivium date to the Middle Ages. So the trivium includes those aspects of the liberal arts that pertain to the mind, and the quadrivium those aspects of the liberal arts that pertain to matter. So it's mind and matter, overstand. Logic, grammar, and rhetoric constitute the trivium, and arithmetic, music, geometry, and astronomy constitute the quadrivium. Logic is the art of thinking. Grammar, the art of inventing symbols and combining them to express thought. And rhetoric, the art of communication, communicating thought from one mind to another, the adaption of language to circumstance. Overstand that right there the adaption of language to circumstance. That's an art that our children just really, they really need. I mean, we need that as adults. Arithmetic, the theory of number and music, and the application of the theory of number, and the measurement of discrete quantities in motion are the arts of discrete quantity or number. Geometry, the theory of space and astronomy, and the application of the theory of space are the arts of continuous quantity or extension. 
So logic is the art of thinking, grammar, the art of inventing and combining symbols, and rhetoric, the art of communication. And then then the quadrivium is arithmetic, theory of number, music, the application of theory of number, geometry, the theory of space, and astronomy, the application of theory and space. So again, that's the trivium, the liberal arts of logic, grammar, and rhetoric, understanding the nature and function of languages by Sister Miriam Joseph, the quadrivium, the four classical liberal arts of number, geometry, music, and cosmology. And the last book I wanted to share um, was another one by Sister Miriam Joseph because I came across this from my younger son. I totally homeschooled him. My elder son, um, I took him out in the 10th grade for one year, and then he went through a program through a college. Um, it's called the Gateway to College Program. You can check that out online. It's called Gateway to College and see if your local community colleges offer this program. They're around the whole nation. Again, Gateway to College. So he was able, and they work in conjunction with the high school. So he had two high school graduations. He had one at the college within the program, and he had a second one at the actual high school where he got to walk the stage and receive his diploma with all his friends. And so, um, but he attended all of his classes in 11th and 12th grade on the college campus, the community college campus, with a community college schedule. So he went to school on Tuesdays and Wednesdays all the way to like 4.30, like a college student. And Monday, Wednesday, and Friday, he was home. He was able to have a part-time job and internship. And he felt free. He didn't have that overbearing black boy stigma, let me, you know, check your behavior and undermine your dynamic that the public high schools do to our black sons and daughters, for that matter. He was able to, you know, um, feel a sense of maturity and independence, setting his own schedule, attending college on a college campus in the 11th, 12th grade. And when he graduated, he had 24 college credits. And um, he made honor roll two semesters in a row in his final year, which was wonderful. And so um, my younger son, who is now eight, I started homeschooling him at around six years old. He did about three weeks to a month in first grade, and they wanted to have meetings. And I already went through it with my older son, and the definition of insanity is doing the same thing over and over again and expecting a a different result. So my children are 11 years apart, two boys. So I wasn't going to repeat the process of the meetings and the intervention team and all this stupidness. Meanwhile, the Caucasian children are doing the exact same things, and it's proven nationally that our children are subjected to discipline um, by a four-to-one ratio. You know, um, Obama one thing that he did do good was he got rid of No Child Left Behind, and he instituted a program called ESSA, Every Child Should Succeed. And that um, showed statistically, scientifically proven, that overall nationwide black, brown children were being disciplined at a greater rate. And so it held these different districts accountable and there's actual funding. So if you're involved in your local PTA or your local school board, there's funding that every state in the district can receive through ESSA within a five-year period for teaching anti-discrimination, 
and, you know, black and brown history. But unless there's someone on those boards to say, hey, this money's available, and it's up to, I think, 750000 per district, you can get that money for your school if you're on the board. So we have to step up and be involved and be the program planners and and be and you know and the structurers of the processes that one must go through so that we have the knowledge to get our children through the door, you know. And so um, I purchased this last book with my elder son in, in in mind, and it's called The Trivium, which is also by Sister Marian Joseph, and that's the Trivium in College Composition and Reading to um, help him in his quest and furtherance of knowledge. And so this book really provides um, a basis for, you know, an outline for a course in introductory English, the fundamentals of composition, the natures and functions of language, general grammar, terms and their grammatical equivalents and definitions, propositions and their grammatical expression, you know, relations of simple prepositions, things, you know, simple to, um relations of hypothetical and destructive prepositions. I mean, things that, you know, if you're going to be writing and expounding in a way that's intelligible and that has weight, then you need to know about the words and how to Use them to shield yourself, how to use them to get things that you want in life, you know, how to use them to propel ideas into manifestation. Your words create your world. In the beginning was the word. You have to understand the word and use the word to the best of your ability. And our children need to be trained in the importance of the basics, which is, you know, reading, writing, grammar, arithmetic, the space around them, music, number, those things are just really, really important. I'd like to move on now to some websites that were very helpful. Um, The one that I chose to get the curriculum for my children is called um, criticalthinking.com. Again, it's called criticalthinking.com, and it's excellent. It offers full curriculum. You can get a whole, you know, first-grade package. And this website I found is what the elite and the private schools that charge, like, $70,000 for pre-K, they use these curriculums. And And they also have the test prep packages what I spoke about last week in Homeschool Part 1, um, that, you know, the standardized tests don't hold weight when it comes to the real deal schools. They want to see your IQ test. They want to see, and so the IQ is not testing what you know. It's you're testing your ability to know, which is deep in itself. It's testing your ability to understand. That's what IQ test is. And so they have the test prep the different tests that are offered within the different states that you live in. So you can purchase that, and I recommend getting your child tested before the age of nine. Um, That holds extra weight, too, just like they try in the public school system to determine 
by the age of nine, which is around the fourth grade, um, you know, they build the school. They use the fourth grade test scores to build the prison. It's called the prison to pipeline system. I suggest you check out on Netflix. Um, what's her name? Duvernay, the black female director that's cool with Oprah. She did an excellent documentary called 13 about the 13th Amendment and the prison to pipeline economy that's based on fourth grade test scores and how, you know, I mean, you know that the prisons are on the NASDAQ, they're on the stock exchange. Corporations have um, um, contracts with different prisons to produce microwaves, um, irons, ironing boards, ironing board covers, all types of things. And they're getting free labor. So um, it's best to really get your child tested before that time. And also that they're in a more pure stage. They haven't been as corrupted mentally <laughs> before that age. Um, again, so it's homeschool, I'm sorry, criticalthinking.com, and um, it's a great site. Another one is that I belong to personally is called the Homeschool Buyers Co-op. It's homeschoolbuyersco-op.org, homeschoolbuyersco-op.org. And so on there, they group by school supplies and curriculums and, I mean, great things. Like last year, they had the system that's used in most public school systems through the Discovery Channel. And so they have, you know, streaming educational content that the schools use. And so I, as a homeschool parent, was able to get a reduced rate because the school districts pay like six ninety nine. $699, and I was able to get a reduced rate because I'm part of this, this um, co-op, and I only paid like $129 for the year. And so I was able to utilize this great digital streaming educational media in every kind of subject because it's, it's, it's the Discovery Channel, you know. And so if I'm teaching a lesson on something, I can refer to a digital complement that my son can watch that can, again, bring whatever I'm teaching to life further for him, um, you know. And so the homeschoolbuyersco-op.org. And they also have the homeschool um, ID card, which is fabulous. The homeschool ID card, you just take a picture of you, you and your child, the face, and you submit it in. And I think it's like um, 3 dollars and it's a card, looks like a credit card, and it has a, and you can have it with a logo, without a logo, give a name to your school, so you and your child have your own school IDs. And then these IDs, the Homeschool Buyers Co-op, worked out with Staples and Michaels and all these different great stores, you know, um, all the office supply stores and all kinds of stores you can go to, and you get 20% off. So even at Apple, because I have a homeschool ID, as a homeschool parent, I'm any any place that offers teacher benefits, you can then enjoy because you have this ID that proves who you are, and you're legitimized. And so even when I bought um, an iPad, I got 20% off because I used my homeschool ID. I showed it at the counter. Um, all these different stores accept it. So again, that's homeschoolbuyers-coop.org. And it's like three ninety five, and you get two, and with tax, it might be like fourteen dollars, but it's worth it. 
and it's good for the year. And God forbid you ever got, you know, somebody ever tried to stop you with some truant thing or your child was going to the, you know, to the library during the middle of the day by themselves, they have an ID. It shows you, you know, I go to this school and this is who I am. And your ID shows that you're a teacher and it has, you know, the name of your school and I gave my school name. And so everything's copacetic. Another website is um, nasa.gov backslash D like dog, L like a, like love, and like now. Digital Learning Network. It's NASA Digital Learning Network. Again, that's nasa.gov backslash D-L-N. The NASA Digital Learning Network, and they have virtual NASA field trips, NASA expert virtual visits, interactive lesson descriptions, you know, um, you, your child can learn so much. They have NASA TV because my son is into space, <laughs> you know, and they have a whole section for educators. They have a section for students. And um, in the student section, you know, there's NASA's Kids Club, um, the latest NASA education news releases, and it, and it breaks down grades K through 4, grades 5 through 8, grades 9 to 12, higher education, current opportunities within NASA. So that's just something to ponder. Again, that's nasa.gov backslash DLN, the NASA Digital Learning Network. And something that I joined that I encourage other homeschool parents to do, especially, you know, in all the different states, it's called um, HSLDA. And that is the homeschool it's a national organization that defends the rights of homeschoolers. And so you would find your state on the website, ea.org, and you would find out the homeschool laws in your state. And, of course, with the donation, if you was to ever run into any problems, you would have lawyers already paid for in your state that would be able to stand up for you and your right to homeschool. And they also have, like, scholarship information, different contests that your children can apply to, homeschool summer camps and things of that nature that are around the country. Um, you know, it, it's really, and then, you know, it keeps you up to date on the homeschool news, good and bad that's happening around the country. Again, that's HSLDA. Org. It's the Homeschool Lawyers Defense Association. Um, they're advocates for homeschooling since 1983. And you can find out information about homeschooling in your, in your specific state. And it's really great to know what's happening. And um, another website is blackchildbooks.com. Great website. It features the most complete comprehensive collection of black-oriented child books. The site organizes almost all of the African-American-oriented children's books scattered on Amazon.com for you in one place. So by doing it through them, at least you're supporting your own. Again, that's blackchildbooks.com. And they have categories 0 to 3, 4 to 8, 9 to 12, teens, Africa and African stories, art stories, art history, audio CDs, biracial and multicultural books, 
which is fabulous, um, black history, college concerns, coloring books, three to teen, dance, DVDs, holidays, music and music history, poetry books and CDs, spiritual and sports. Again, that's blackchildbooks.com. And um, one of the things, one of the one of the last things on this um, subject I wanted to cover of homeschooling is um, homeschool planner. You know, once you have your curriculum, then you have to plan out your day and what you're going to do and how you're going to present this information to your child in a way that's comfortable for yourself and for them. Um, it's a great adjustment. You have to really mature your energy and have patience with your child. You don't want to beat your child into submission and it become this horrible thing and with aggression and anger. You want to both kind of look toward it. So you have to measure your child's um, your child's ability, you know, alongside the potential, and measure out your day and what it is you want to accomplish. And so one of the things I personally use is um, they have a lot of websites that one can go to to house their information for homeschooling. And their homeschool planners, you know, um, you can print some out. They have the ones also that you can store your information online. And those personally made me uncomfortable because what if something happened with the site and I'm trusting someone outside of my own self for the copies of everything. And so I personally went with one that I can have on my iPad and one that I can have on the Mac. That's my software I could use. I downloaded it from the website. Um, it works great. It's called Ollie, O-L-L-Y, OllieHomeschool.com. Ollie, O-L-L-Y, OllieHomeschool.com. And I think they're great because I'm able to create courses, lessons plans. I'm able to put pictures. So if we're working on a project and I take pictures, they could be part of that lesson plan. I can add resources like he takes art at the art museum here. He takes his sports at the YMCA. That's his PE curriculum. That's his art curriculum. He's taking STEM at the STEM Center in my town. So those different classes I'm able to put inside and have the location um, specified as a resource. Everything's verified, clarified, and documented. All the books that I use, I take a picture of the cover, and it's in there. And then now it's a reference. Every time I teach a lesson, I can just press the button for the name of that book. There's a picture of the book. So if anybody was to ever ask me to verify whatever I've done as a homeschool parent, this program also allows you to to um it it also produces transcripts. That's great. It produces a trans uh, um a transcript. It compiles it from all the information that you're inputting on a regular basis. So, like last summer, when my son like okay, so two summers ago, I enrolled him in camp, and so in my town, it's kind of exclusive. So they want to see proof that your child's in school in the town. And so I told him I was a homeschool parent. And so she says she wants to see something that gives me the authority. <laughs> I need a proof. 
I showed her my homeschool ID. She was still confused. So then I found Ollie, and so I was able to produce a report card. It also produces report cards. So now she's a piece of paper with a school name <laughs> and a logo, and it was no problem. In every other camp, I put him in or whatever thing, and they asked for proof that he's in school. I could produce report cards, transcripts, and all of that. Again, it's ollihomeschool.com. So it helps you control your homeschool plans and records, simple, no wasted paper, no heavy notebooks, years of memory, safe and secure. And so what I then do is that I um, connected it to Dropbox. And so my iPad, if I enter information on that and not the Mac, it uploads to Dropbox. And then when I open it up on the Mac, it syncs. So all the information that was in the iPad now is in the Ollie Mac version and it sinks into that information. So it's really a smooth interface to be able to organize um, your learning yearbook. That's what I call it. I mean, that's what it's called, a, a learning yearbook. It's able, you're, you're able to just schedule, per, you know, and you can add several students, and you can even include chores and workouts and cleaning routines and all kinds of things. And um, you can also upload your child's projects, <clears throat> keep track, of all the books that they've read, everything that you're doing in a homeschool sense. You just annotate inside the program, and you're good to go. Um, so, again, that's ollihomeschool.com. So I hope that this week's topic of homeschool part two was helpful for those, and you took notes and grabbed hold of some of that information so that my journey can benefit those that are starting the journey on them on their own. I wanted to take a quick music moment before we go on to the next stage of the show, which is the going gnosis. And I'll be right back.
Greetings and blessings. So now we're going to move forward to the go and gnosis, go and know what's happening in the world. So more and more jobs across numerous industries are becoming automated. And others argue that a universal basic income will be necessary when there simply aren't enough jobs to go around. So right now in the world, Finland is testing a universal basic income for the unemployed. Again, a universal basic income for the unemployed. This is in the rise of so many fields becoming automated. So a group of about 2,000 unemployed people will find that they will receive a basic income every month from the state tax-free with no strings attached. So proponents hope to prove that such schemes will boost, you know, people's motivation to work, and others understand that it is because so many jobs are being automated, what, how are people going to be able to live? And so it also gives financial security, and it ensures that the consumerism will continue and keep money and things going on um, within a capitalistic framework. And so people are really being disenfranchised and disincentivized by being replaced by robots. And so um, they're saying that the universal income will become necessary because there's not many jobs to go around, especially if you don't have the skill base to program. That's why I'm really, I can't stress enough getting your child into all these little free coding programs that are going on right now, the free ones if you can't afford it, the paid ones, they have them at libraries, they have the maker programs at libraries going back into tonight's theme of homeschooling. Um, I know my library has a maker program where they tinker and they invent things and they even have a 3D printer at the library that the children make things and design and program, you know. The robots are coming. And even in Canada, in the province of Ontario, they're doing a pilot program as well for the universal basic income. It's also scheduled for 2017 in Ontario, Canada. And so um, they're proposing a three-year program in Canada where the recipient's going to be paid um, $1,320 Canadian or um, nine seventy a month, and and that also is for people with disabilities. And in um, the Swiss, they're going to be doing this universal money as well, this universal basic income, and they're going to be giving out um, twenty three hundred euros, which is approximately, I'm sorry, 2,500 Swiss francs, which is approximately 2,430 American dollars a month just for being a human in the world. That's where we're going. So that's something to think about and look out for, this universal basic income. So when you hear about it, you'll understand where it's coming from. And um, the next thing is the Deutsche Bank, which is a world bank, is stating that globalization is under siege. With the UK leaving the EU with Brexit and the rise of nationalist populist parties like the election of Trump here in America and others throughout Europe and Asia too, 
the driver behind the backlash is a rising in, in, in um, inequality. Again, unequal income distribution. So that's why if, you, if you're looking at it now from, you know, the zoom out, zoom in perspective, it goes back to this universal basic income. So they want to try to combat globalization, overstand the two hands of the bird working together with this universal basic income so that people don't feel the inequality so badly because globalization actually widens the inequality by a huge faction of developed nations. So it's the developed nations like the U.S. and China where the inequality is rising and how the middle class is being disenfranchised and taking out altogether. And so it's happening all over the world. And so, um, again, the universal basic income and the unequal income distribution. And also what happened in India with the hoarding of the cash and not giving it to the banks. And so then you have, like, the cash check places and the banks are having money for the little man, and the little man is not getting the cash distributed in the streets with the, with the um, taxi drivers and little vendor people because the wealthy are hoarding the cash. So you have this whole thing happening across the world where you have those holding the gold, the silver, the cash, and keeping it from the masses. So the masses have to figure out a different state of bartering or something. I mean, I don't know all the solutions. I'm just presenting the issues. You know, it's something to ponder on as you move around and you hear this news coming out. Um, the next thing is that the U.N. went after Israel again, and the U.S. didn't try to stop it. There's a whole change now happening in the Middle East. Now, Trump is saying that he is going to side with Israel, and he tweeted about that stuff. <laughs> President's tweeting about national policy and security, which is strange in and of itself. But he, you know, but um, the Obama administration abstained about um, banning and sanctioning Israel because what of, of of them building these illegal provinces in Palestine, and so a, a large majority of the UN finally admonished Israel, and they never have. And I remember watching it on the television, on the news, and so they were saying, Israel, the guy, the um, prime minister, whatever his title is in Israel, he was like, how dare you feel you have the authority to tell Israel what's right and what's wrong? And I just thought the unmitigated gall, just the presence of arrogance in the midst of, you know, tyranny is is just sad, you know? And so now there's this so now with Trump coming in, there's gonna he's he's talking bad about the UN. So it's gonna be like the supposed coming war between the US and the UN and um our stance in the world politically because a lot has been jeopardized by this election and by the money and the corporations that were aligned prior and after and how those effects trickle down to us. And so, um the whole thing with Israel, you know, makes me a little nervous because of the simple fact that um, so much money, American money, has gone over there, billions and billions and billions of dollars, and they've always had their back. So the fact that America even didn't stand up 
was, is, you know, very telling, as well as with the universal climate for it. And so I'm just really curious how this is going to play out on a larger scale and um, how Israel is going to up the ante. They've already started to sanction several countries themselves for taking a stand against them. So um, we shall see. So moving forward, technology. And something that um, we could look at as far as investment and um, as far as tangible things that we can utilize within um, our daily life. And so these are some of the 27 best startups that are launched this year. I'm not going to name all of them, but some of them I think are really great. And the article I found very interesting is located in Business Insider. And so um, one of them, which I was talking about two weeks ago with my mother's friend and my good family friend that passed away, is, you know, it's um, Grail. It's called Grail. And Grail um, has developed a test for cancer at the earliest possible stage. So that's a great startup to look up. And they're being well-received. They even mentioned in Business Insider as far as investing, if you have a mutual fund or something like that that you can control and you can pick out companies. <laughs> so Grail, and um, they do, it's the maker of DNA sequencing technology, and they teamed up with the group of Silicon Valley investors to develop a blood test for any kind of cancer at an earlier stage than previously possible. Again, that's Grail. Um, another one that is great is... Um, House Party, and this is something that's taking off with the youth. So House Party is a group video chat app that's taken off with teens. It's from the creators of Meerkat um, and House Party, has become an overnight hit with teens. The group video chat app lets people join parties of up to eight people, and when people drop in and out easily, depending on who's online. And so they've already raised $50 million. And they have this other one, it's called Zipline. And Zipline are drones that parachute blood and medicine to remote Rwandan cities in Africa. And that is, you know, to get to these hard-to-reach places, now they're using drones in a more practical sense, um, not just for spying <laughs> and taking video um, and, and also delivering Amazon products. They're parachuting blood and medicine, again, their zip line. And so Ariana Huffington, that had um, Huffington Post, she's left Huffington Post, and she started a new thing called Thrive Global. And so Thrive Global is, um, it um, describes itself as a corporate consumer well-being and, and productivity platform. And so goes back to a more conscious media, and um, she's going to be talking, you know, having a way to promote different kinds of personal, you know, brands and whatever. So, but um, that's opportunity for those that are creating conscious content, and that's another place to um, direct that direct that type of media. And so another one is, I think, I found fascinating. It's called Pearl. 
and Pearl will help turn your dumb car into a cutting-edge model. It was launched out of cells with dozens of other ex-Apple engineers, so Pearl is making products that can turn your old car into a high-tech model. It's the first product is um, a license plate frame that connects to your phone, giving you a backup camera if your car doesn't come with one. And so things like that are coming out now where you can just transform your car. I know that there's also a product that's out now that can turn your regular car into a car that accepts biofuel. You know, these, these different kinds of technologies are out there, and we should utilize them and to make our life easier and also, you know, to help the planet. Um, another one is called Winnie, and it's, they want to be the Yelp for parents, and, it's, you know, it's good to find spots um, that, are, that are stroller friendly and more helpful, you know, when um, it helps parents find locations that meet their needs, whether it has a changing table in the restroom or just a quiet area to nurse. It lets them share the story of their visit when they went there. Again, that's Winnie.com. And they've already raised $2.5 million. So that's something else that you might want to look at investing into. Um, I think that's a great idea. Back when I nursed, that was an issue. Well, you know, will I be able to nurse here comfortably without getting the eyes? I like places that have nursing rooms, um, establishments like that. Or, you know, it's good to have an app where you could just look and see, well, where I can go with my children. And it's really child welcoming and it's organic and the food is, you know, palatable for my children and it's more geared toward a family experience. And so, again, that's Winnie.com. And so another one is called Remedy. And Remedy helps people from paying too much on their medical bills. And it's, so their website is TryRemedy.com. And most people just end up paying the amount due on their medical bills and don't understand what they're being charged for. So Remedy wants to protect customers from being overcharged in their medical bills by verifying all their claims. So the user connects their online insurance account to Remedy system and authorizes the company to retrieve the medical records. And once granted, granted permission, Remedy's team of billing specialists begins scouring the insurance claims up to, from up to a year ago and verify that the patient is being charged the correct thing. So if you have some kind of, or someone in your family has a prolonged illness where you're incurring a lot of medical costs and you're paying stuff out of pocket and you don't really understand what's going on, at least you can have somebody on your side that's working on your behalf so you can make sure you're getting the most out of your policy. And so, again, that's tryremedy.com. Um, so those are just some of the startups that are happening that you can look at. And from a ease of use standpoint and incorporating them into your life or um, investing and making it part of your portfolio because these things are popping. <laughs> okay? So that is technology. Um, the next thing I wanted to go into is herbnology. And the herb I wanted to discuss this evening briefly is cannabis and what happens, excuse me, what happens in the penile gland when we use cannabis? What happens in the penile gland when you use cannabis? 
So the penile gland is so-called due to its resemblance to a pine cone. And the penile gland is thought of as the third eye. And it does, in fact, possess some qualities of a simple organ of sight. They are very similar to cells of the retina, the part of the eye that receives light from the lens opening. One interesting aspect of the penile gland that certainly does apply to mammals, including humans, is unlike much of the brain, the penile gland is not separated from the rest of the body by the blood-brain barrier. It receives an abundant blood flow directly from the posterior cerebral artery, which may have something to do with its receptiveness to psychoactive substances. The penile gland is also at the heart of a reaction, which fire off when neonephrine, a well-known neurotransmitter responsible for regulating sleep and wakefulness, binds to its receptors in the penile gland. The penile gland is essential to maintaining a healthy, positive state of mind and is deeply concerned with emotional states in general. When humans consume psychiatric drugs, it affects this complex cascade of activity in the penile gland in conjunction with various parts of the brain to give a subjectively altered state of perception. And so research has shown that the penile gland contains a functional endocannabinoid system. Again, your penile gland has an endocannabinoid system. And that cannabinoid receptors type 1 and 2 and the endogenous ligands that bind to them, anemonide and 2-AG are present. In a 1986 study, showed that eight out of nine healthy male volunteers caused melatonin levels to dramatically increase, peaking around 120 minutes after administration. Interestingly, however, one subject showed a decline in melatonin response to the THC. It is also now thought that many of the subjective effects of cannabis are not derived from THC per se, but rather that THC in, in um, combination with various other cannabinoids and terpenes, for example, mycerine is now thought to affect the high of pure THC, giving an overall couch lock effect to the user. Furthermore, pure THC has been shown on a number of occasions to have either a sedative or stimulant effect, depending on the dose. So the penile gland is heavily involved with the regulation of sleep and the circadian rhythm in humans. And so your circadian rhythm is um, your body knowing that nighttime is night and day is day and when to go to sleep and your rhythm is off if you're you're up every night till 4 in the morning and you wake up at 1 o'clock in the afternoon and then your circadian rhythm is not according to the day and light um, cycle. So the penile gland has repeatedly been associated with biosynthesis, again, the intake of light, and processing it of important natural compounds related to sleeping, dreaming, and dream imagery. The presence of these compounds in the penile gland is one of the most important reasons that so many view it as the seat of the soul or a key to spiritual enlightenment. Without a doubt, the most famous of these compounds is nn 
dimethyltryptamine, more commonly known as DMT. There are many theories that the subjective experience of getting high from cannabis, hallucinogens, and other psychiatric drugs also involves the subjective creation of a dreamlike or otherwise altered reality. DMT is also an ingredient in ayahuasca, which is a powerful hallucinogen um, that hallucinogen that um, that people go to Brazil and they drink and then they vomit and then they have all these visions and they connect with the plants and the world in a whole different way. And so DMT is one of the main ingredients in that, and so it matches it interacts with the DMT and activates your penile gland. It is increasingly clear that the, the, um, that the endocannabinoid system is a fundamentally important messaging system that helps link together various parts of the brain, many of which work together to give us subjective experience of being high. The penile gland itself is crucial to this process and has undeniable importance as a source of conscious altering compounds. It works with the endocannabinoid system and various other regulatory systems to control your subjective daily experience of mood, wakefulness, and sleepiness. And when we introduce external psychoactive compounds, this process can be altered in fundamental ways, some of which can be greatly enjoyed by the individual. So, again, that is how cannabis affects your penile gland. I'm going to take another music moment. Here is Desiree Omega.
criticism and condemnation. When it draws its conclusions from the effect side of existence, we should therefore faithfully affirm the spiritual aspect of this faculty and always seek the guidance and good judgment of spiritual light and understanding. James, the son of Alpheus, signifies this faculty of order. The location of this faculty in the body is the navel. So again, so James is about order. James is about the faculty of man for judgment, drawing conclusions. We call this faculty justice, discrimination, and the quality in us which carefully weighs a question and draws a conclusion. That goes back to the to the trivium quadrivium and the ability to logically overstand the things that are happening around us, interpret it clearly through critical thinking and analysis to discern the proper way to walk therein. We have to have higher elevated thinking. We have to demand that of our children to reach for it within ourselves on a daily basis. I really see that thoroughness has become a lost art. You know, people are just not dotting the I's and crossing the T's and making sure that what they present is glorifying the most high within them. Plan and prepare and teach our children to do that. We have to train up our minds and our children's minds and make sure that it's important to them to reach for a book. That, that that act itself is important. Let me get my book, Mom. Let me figure this out. You know, um, I started a new endeavor with my son. He has a YouTube channel now. It's called Zephex Plays. Z-E-P-H-X-P-L-A-Y-Z. Again, that's Zephex Plays. Z E P-H-X, P-L-A-Y-Z. And on his YouTube channel, he'll be showing how he um, interacts with different gadgets and STEM games. The video we have up right now is him building his own computer. He's eight years old. And he builds the computer. He builds the screen kit. And he connects the two. There's a part one, two, and three and the computer comes to life. And he has the Kano computer kit. I have a link to it in the description box of the YouTube channel, um, and you can order it if you'd like. And the computer itself helps to teach your child how to code, how to make apps. Um, you can, they can create music. Um, they can create games themselves, and they're interacting with other children that have Kano computers that are making these types of things as well. And so there he, he is, he's showing how to build a computer. And so 
um, I hope you check it out and see, you know, what it's about. And this whole homeschool process is really important to document what you're doing. That's part of the reason why I have that, so that no one can say, oh, what am I doing with my son? You can see right there on YouTube he's building a computer. You know, so don't be afraid to, you know, show what you're doing with your child. We need to see each other um, building and moving in a positive framework, and we have to co-sign that and uplift it. You know, um, sister that are listening, you know, I also wanted to put forth this as an open call. Um, there are four Wednesdays in the month, and we're calling it Women's Wednesdays. Right, so there are four Wednesdays. There's opportunities for four different shows. Women can, you know, come together and develop their own concept of what they'd like to bring forth. There can be, you know, movement and creation and manifestation and thoroughness, and we can show that in our actions as a collective and coalesce and teach each other and learn from each other on this digital framework, I think it could be something wonderful. Ones just need to stand up and develop something, and it could be presented. I look forward to hearing um, ideas. Again, you can text at 646-494-4722. Again, that's 646-494-4722. And I think it would be a, a, a wonderful um, explosion of of energy and talent that can prevail and understanding and nuance and um, spiritual development and expression can come forth. And so just text your ideas and or proposals so that ones can see and um, hopefully something can manifest. I've really enjoyed sharing this evening. If you enjoyed listening, I'd like to um, end tonight with Rita Marley. Good morning, Ja. See you next week. Bless.
happy Hanukkah, this fourth day of Hanukkah. This is Wendon Ross Yadinos. It's Brother Yadin here. Um, what a wonderful, filling, fulfilling um, podcast and broadcast. I hope that I then receive it. I know there was a few ones and ones who must have joined in and tuned in, and ones told other ones to really listen. A lot of really very helpful and and um, groundational information brought forward by I and I sister, by Sister Mariam. I give thanks. I actually was thinking about, you know, speaking on so many of the issues because many of the things that were being addressed, you know, at first ones might just hear it and don't see how it fits all together, how all these things work together for the good of those who love the Lord, who love our Lord and Savior, our black Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ, and are called according to his purpose. And I give thanks for also even the that, that last invitation to other sisters and ones and ones who have something to bring forward, you know, line of Judah, this, this society, this, this kind of gathering, you know, when we say society, we look at it in the sense of like an information society from, from the very beginning. I don't know how many of ones and ones were able to receive the text when she brought forward the, let me get my notes. Cause I had to be keeping notes. As she said, you know, your child should go for a book. You hear us say, grab your pen and your paper. A few times I just listen, like many people listen and say, wow, that's interesting. I didn't know about that. Yeah, and then after a while, you're like, oh, man, you start writing, and you're like, I should have started writing, you know, the very first time, you know, to already have that pen and paper. And I had um, desired, I was I was desirous to kind of reason a little more with the sister, even when she was bringing forward, she explained to I the trivium quadrivium. When we came forward for the, for the WMW for the next uh, Shana, you know, around the time of the New Year's, Ethiopian New Year's, corresponding with our Hebrew New Year, the solar and the lunar and all of that, um, that one of the things was to bring forward even more of those seven pillars of wisdom, those seven pillars of wisdom, as well as what we were and have been reasoning on in the Torah. All roads, true roads, you know, lead all paths, true paths that lead to truth will lead to Zion and will lead to, for us, we see that revelation, the King of Kings. But for many of our brothers and sisters are like us. We're coming from the point of knowledge. And when we look at it, we see that it fits into the roadmap. In fact, while I was listening, sister, I think the eye is still there, of course, on the ear. Let me just go through some of my notes. Because um, this broadcast, I think, really brought it together. I was thinking, why wasn't home education should be the first one? Because that's what it's all about, even for us as the grown folks, for us to educate our youth or even to educate our friends or share anything with anyone else, we first got to receive it. You know, you ever hear a joke sometime or you hear something and you want to communicate it and you receive it in your soul, but you have to take that time to, to digest it, you know, to live just it, you know? Interesting, James too. James brought forward that that word about James as well. Let me see if I can go to the beginning of the notes. And this is exactly what our Father, what His Majesty did as well. Bring in those brothers and sisters from within, and also others, you know, from the diaspora. Bring them in to bring those those um, gems and share those gems. Now it's for us seeing what is true to see how does it fit right within the fullness and this particular broadcast with the the process and the method methodologies of course they date from the middle ages as the sister sister mariama you know rightly outlined it and give thanks for those notes i mean just to do that work in preparation 
for the broadcast. It's like for every Torah portion, the preparation that those of us who bring forward and who are maturing and have that confidence and confidence to say, all right, we're going to go on the ear. We're going to bring it forward. And sometimes it doesn't work out, but it's like practice makes perfect. So the process and the methodology, the trivium and quadrivium, the seven liberal arts, I cannot tell the eye them when we were reasoning with Sister Mariama, Sister um, Emmanuel, because those sisters, you know, they stepped forward to, as, you know, to bring forward this WMW, the Woman's um, Wednesday, those changes. One of the main changes was to get it on Wednesday, where would it be so early in the morning? And since some of us as the brothers who work, the Habarim who work the boards and also come forward, you know, from night to night when we have broadcasts, we were thinking like, man, at least I know I was, I shared this with the brothers that, man, the sisters are there. I mean, they'll call in at the 1 a.m. They have their youths. They have their other responsibilities, what's going on in their personal lives. It will be good for us to move the broadcast to Wednesday proper. But the challenge was this. The challenge was that, the spirit is willing, but the flesh is weak. The master says that, you know, Rabboni Yeshua, Jesus Christ says that. And that some of us, we could still host it, but we, we sought for the sisters to also be able to bring forth those broadcasts to be on the board. Finally, we had sisters amongst I and I of I and I membership that were able, and those two sisters, they basically, you know, worked on, you know, collectively, of course, each one gave accordingly, but they came up with the format of the seven. And this is all without us saying, do it like this, do it like that, because after all, it's the sistership, not just of Lion of Judah, but the sistership of women, right? But it's mainly job people who will bring about the true unity. Babylon is trying their things and we see them try and fail, but we keep moving forward. So the seven parts of the broadcast, as she shared with I and I, and they shared with I and I, what I saw in that was the seven pillars of wisdom that the womb man, Sister Salamawi, um, who is not with us right now, she had given I and I a message that you know, certain things in her personal life and other things, you know, people go through movements and everything like that. We hope that was the reason, but we know amongst us, you know, things go on in the foreground, the broadcast, things go on in the background, but may we watch and pray and, you know, do what the proper order is among brother and brother and work out these differences when and where possible. Besides all of that, here's where we're at right here. This broadcast with the seven parts of it, we thought was a way of now bringing it forward in a demonstrable way or a manifestation to actually manifest those seven pillars of wisdom. If you look at each of the items, I'm like, wow, that is actually what we see as we have been studying, right, in the way of his majesty. In other words, the quadrivium and the trivium, the quadrivium is just a way of now articulating what is there in our basic Torah portion teachings. And this might seem for some to be a little bit different, so forth and so on, but it's one thing to look at the theory of it. You know, there is the theoretical, and then there's the application. John's Gospel, chapter 7, I think 17, says, He who does the will will know of the teaching. And this is a way of now bringing that forward as a platform and an opportunity for the sisters and for sisters who are working together on certain particular projects or something they want to bring forward, or ones who are able to bring it forward themselves to do the, the work, the research, 
you know, and to bring forward a presentation and to bring forth a broadcast. With the brothers, it's the same way. It's not all the brothers of Rastafari and the line of Judah that are working on the program. But we know that the prayers and the well wishes of our brothers are there, and we also extend that platform to them, both even in the reading of the Torah portions. Not just that some of us read and others don't, but when we come to that point of the service for the Shabbat, it's not for us to go around begging and say, do you want to read? Do you want? No. Ones be ready. If you're not ready, it's good. The others of us will do that part. But then when you're ready, let us know. I'm ready. I got something to share. I got something to bring forward. And we'll give the eye, the ear. You know, I know it's the platform right here. Right? So looking at just, just, just a couple of words, because I was so excited because I said to myself, we sought to bring this forward like this, but we said if we go that way, we'll go with the Torah. We'll go back to the kindergarten information, to the basics. You know, we talk about the seven pillars or the seven pillars of wisdom, but then the seven liberal arts are the way that that teaching from the Bible, from our Hebrew roots, to be sold into the world. Remember the purpose of Israel? The purpose of Israel was to be the light to the nations, right? And part of that light is what we have in the trivium and the quadrivium and that complete, you know, that complete knowledge right there. Um Speaking about these terms, like the Pistis Sophia, when the sisters said they would like to read from the Pistis Sophia, I was like, uh-oh, I'm like, wow, I've been trying to bring that forward, but I didn't want to take ones off of what we were on as we would become more and more as we would grow, you know, like with your children, and I'm not saying that one's dying our children, I'm a child too, but I might just be a little older, or I got a little more rebukes and beats that I can basically say, listen, don't go there. I got beat for doing that. Okay, you want to go? Go ahead, do it. You know what I'm saying? Did I tell you? So when we're looking at the Pistis Sophia, Pistis means faith and Sophia means wisdom. This book, and we like to share it with others, others who don't have a copy among the sisters, especially the sisters, but also the brothers, please link, you know, contact is the contact, the main contact. That goes like to what we call the office, you know, it's the main place because there's all these different communication platforms. You got to kind of streamline it and say, all right, this is the platform here on the ear. Ones can come forward. You have something to say, press one, you know what I mean? As during the woman's Wednesday with a different section, so forth and so on. Instead of waiting for ones to press one, since ones are probably taking in the information, I give so much thanks that the sister, Sister Mariama, has been able to present those items. And although it might seem that they are not connected with the Torah portion, I'm amazed if anybody says that, then they're not really meditating. They're hearing, but they're not hearing carefully. Look at the seven pillars of wisdom. What do you think those seven pillars of wisdom are practically? If we put them in practice, you know what I mean? What do we think when we say Sophia? Sophia is just the Greek way of saying Hokma. Hokma is wisdom. Wisdom is, the, is, is that mother there that we have right there in Proverbs. It didn't stop at Proverbs, but Proverbs is one of the earlier testimonies to it. And then as we move it forward into these latter days and times, it's a part of the basic foundation of our educational system and the educational curriculum. Homeschooling is not just for the youths. Homeschooling is for us as adults because we're going to take on that responsibility to teach our children. We also have to be willing to learn. And you know how it is. You know, you know how it is when you were in school. You know how it is sometimes with your child. 
they did a little something wrong. You're trying to tell them that they're making all sort of a, you know what I'm saying? But it's the patience, it's the love, it's the grace. I'm going to have to just take more of this in and probably bring forward, you know, um, a follow-up as we often do with the upper room of Zion. You know, the brothers who are in the listening um, and when we get on the ear, many things we were reflecting, but we saw these things as being the spirit speaking to the sisters and the daughters from the sevens to the sevens, from so-called week to week, you know, in the broadcast. Um, my sister, is I still there with us? I know that I said that the I, you know, you know, sometimes it, it does get a little exhausting. I know. And it was a very full presentation full of, um, I found it to be so useful as the information that I was taking it down and I was sending out texts to one and saying, this is what we were saying. When you touched on the, the link with the numbers and learning to count, we had put a page learning to count. Like I know one, you know, God, one, the monad. <laughs> I know two, the duality, yes. father and son. We were yes, seeking to put it yes. with you. I know three, the Trinity or the three states of man, yes. the solid, spirit and gas and father, son, Holy Spirit, mother, child, and spirit. You know, I mean, we could go through it, you know, father, mother, and child on, on those yes. different applications. Even when we talk about astronomy, some people would be very religious, and I've been there too, where they were here talking about the sun, moon, and stars, and the seasons, and how it relates to the Bible, and they'll think that we are, we are into astrology like the Bible condemns, but the Bible itself has its own system. It condemns that which is not Jah's way. <laughs> but yes. it is Jah's way, the almighty, the, the power's way of looking at these things. And we just happen to be looking at it in the wrong view and coming out of this, there has to be a place where we can share what we have learned or what we're using and what is like beneficial you know, to us and then also see whether it agrees or it disagrees with truth. And everything that I've heard right. presented right here in this broadcast was to me so spot on because the trivium, quadrivium, is just another way of explaining what we have in, in, in the Torah portion. But not to get into that on those platforms because then it would take us away from just the plain hearing of it. You know when you hear something on your own, and you don't get it, or you don't get it on the next level. But later on, you're doing something else. You're washing dishes, you're cooking food, you're going about you. And it's like, oh, you know, you have that old moment. Exactly. Yes. You have that moment. And then when you get the chance, you go and check and say, man, I didn't see this. But now, you know, you are seeing more of the, you know, even on the drones, even about the drones. I, I have to make, make a little mention about the drones. People say, oh, that's Babylon. So, yeah, that is. But remember how the Selassie brothers and sisters who, who, who know and declare our father, you know, more faithfully and have grown to that, if you truly have grown to that? Doesn't his majesty speak about technology? Wasn't he bringing technology to the black people of, of, of Ethiopia, Africa? And there were some who thought, that, oh, this is the ways of the world. But we now know in his wisdom and in the Sophia of his majesty, in the wisdom of his majesty, this was to protect our own interests and to use this to better our own lives. So even the drone technology, think about it. We can, if you're into that, we can develop that in our own committees, keep it fairly classified. We don't talk about it so much. So because maybe that's what we want to do in Africa. We can use drone technology to deliver 
the teaching <laughs> of his majesty or any other good or service for humanity. It doesn't mean that because they're bombing people and killing people, that is the only means of that technology. That means we are looking at it too much from the devil's point of view, and we need to take the time to really enjoy Javu, look at it a different way, have that change of mind, that repentance. You know what I mean? So even that right there, you know, the UN thing was interesting too, my sister, about the UN. Thank you for that. For example, some had complaints. I'm going to say this right here because we're family, you know, and this is all in love that some had had complaints that, oh, we're t- talking too much about things going on in the, you know, the world and everything. And then I recall, as I was meditating here in different ones' point of view and not rushing to judgment but trying to weigh it, I thought about Nyabingi. Like, this is some of the gatherings we used to have, you know, like physically come together before the, before the Cold War, before, you know how it is right now, you know, where you really have to get to know ones and ones. But we used to gather in the Bingi house. And what we would do before we would go into the praise and the worship and chanting psalms and bunning the you know, bunning the, the, the sacrament, as it were, you know, for that purpose. We would come together with our Bibles, and the, the, the Rastaman and the Rootsman would come together with their Bible, and they might have had a newspaper or something else that's going on. And you know what they would do? They would sit down, right? They know we're going to chant praises and give praises to the Almighty later on, but we just get together to see, hey, what, what's our going, brethren? You know, what's our going? What's happening? Yeah, man, you heard what Babylon doing? What Babylon doing? We were like, oh, we don't want to hear about Babylon. No, we will listen. We'll reason on it. And then, amazingly, when we go up in the chants and praising the Almighty, we would also be burning out the enemy. We would be, you know, we're, we're bringing that up in praises or we're burning it out. We know now where to have that fire, that intelligence, you know, that judgment, you know, on what, you know what I mean, pertaining. So the news stories is to be in the world, not of the world. You know, and we used to hear what's going on in the Bingy house before we rode up in Isis, and we would bun it out, right? We would, we would actually sometimes even say names. If there's some name of some politician doing something when we're chanting of like a prayer or a psalm that talks about the enemies, you know, we would name them. These are some, you know what I mean? Not our brothers and sisters. See, we're so easy to kind of be reading a psalm and it's talking about, and they hate us. And sometimes to think about a little tiff between brothers and sisters. That's not what the psalm is, is for. You know what I mean? That psalm right there for the enemies are when you start to sit down and watch the news or hear the news and hear about some God awful event or something that they're doing against anti-human thing right there. Instead of you, oh, Babylon, about Babylon. No, that's when you were supposed to chant them down. That's what the psalm is for. That's when you're supposed to call that to mind and give a judgment on that, give John's judgment on that. So even that item right there was a uh, was a kind of little point of um, a little point of order. Man, I'm gonna have to go through these notes since you gave me too many notes. You know what happened? I used to always use the kind of index cards. But index cards help me to limit ideas instead of just writing something on a page, one thing and get one thing hanging out on a page and nothing else to be followed up. I would put them on little index cards. So as I was listening. And as I was seeing that rhema or that right now application or even that link with, for example, the Torah portion, you know, link with, like when we talk about Jacob, um, um, it was kind of interesting, the, <laughs> the pronunciation of, um, you know, the word, uh, what do you call that, um, the pineal or the, you know, the pineal gland right there, that was linked with Jacob. 
Remember Jacob's Ladder? If you're climbing Jacob's yes. Ladder, you know. Yes, huh? yes, yes. And sisters, mm-hmm. I, we're climbing Jacob's Ladder, right? You know that, that old Christian song, and even in the Naya Bingi, we chant that song. In fact, only Rastafari really chants a lot of those old Christian songs. I remember I spoke to my mama, and I said, by the rivers of Babylon. She was like, we used to chant that song. I said, used to? So yeah, I, we don't we don't sing that. It hasn't been sung. I said, why haven't you sung that? I said, we do that. <laughs> Those old songs. We're climbing Jacob's ladder. If you 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 y'all climb climb the ladder, you know what the ladder is. This not a ladder has rungs, right? Aren't the rung steps, right? It's like when you tell your children, you know, or you've been told as a child, or maybe even now as a grown folk, you don't run up the steps. <laughs> you know what I mean? And or don't skip steps, right? There are rungs to what we would call Jacob's Ladder. And as we matured and grew as Hebrews, because all this comes from really Jah's Jah people and, 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 and our Hebrew roots, the Bible, as it matured, ones were able now to put this in practical ways, right, and not just read about the law or hear about the law, not just be under the law, but as in the new covenant to be in law. You know, to be in-laws, you know what I mean? In other words, to be in the law and to live in it, to see how to apply, say, Jacob's ladder. How many rungs? Well, seven, you know, seven, the Bible goes on about the sevens, especially here in these areas of the Torah portion. So no doubt, if we were to ask, well, how many rungs did Jacob's ladder have? It's a good conclusion, scripturally, biblically, that it had seven, you know, and we have those seven principles, you know, those seven you know, those seven um, principles, those seven, you know how the seven is. We, we don't want to get all into the seven because the seven applies to different disciplines. You see, so the seven is a holy number, but it applies to different usages. Even the, the what was it, the cannabinoids, uh, the cannabinoids, that part right there, about even the cannabinoids link with the pineal gland, link with Jacob's ladder, linking with our vision. The nerves that the eye brought forward that are in the eye, I mean, in the, what they call the third eye. All of these things are related. So when we hear these things, it's for us intelligently to really see and really um, be able to appreciate how they are might a, a growing of that seed. If you put a seed in the ground, will you expect the seed just to remain down there and nothing happen? If you put a seed in the ground and water it, you wouldn't expect nothing. You don't have any expectation. The seed is that word. The ground is our consciousness, right? The water, well, the water is the word of God, the spirit of truth. We, you know, we can look into Christ's examples of the water and receive, you know, that, you know. Wouldn't you expect something to grow, right? But before anything can grow, before the seed can grow upward, right, it first has to get roots downward. You know, and this is the time sometimes when we hear what might seem like a new idea or might seem like it's not connected. It's, a, it's, a, it's about growth. Like Bob Marley says in the clip that we have, it's not somebody asks him, how long have you been a Rasta? He says, not how long, you know, I've been a Rasta. It's really how long it takes you to grow. <laughs> you know what I mean? That's not really the question. The question is, how long does it take the seed to grow? And then even when it's growing. Does it be a fruit right then? No, it has to get to a certain point, a certain process. And I'm happy that we have been able at least to get to that certain point and process and others have been able to bring forward those complementary um, teaching ideas and also 
real world applications of them for us as 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 a family of the children of Zion, you know, the children of the King, the children of the living God in Yeshua's name. Anyway, I've been a little bit, you know, long-winded right here. Um, I'd like to interview you a little bit later, sister. I don't want to just interview you right now, but thank you for the presentation of um, those ancient ideas in their latter-day um, manifestation. And yes, those very teachings were teachings that are familiar to Ethiopia and familiar to our Hebrew way. They just have another name or in the latter day, they were brought forward like that. And that is how the nobility, right, and the royalty would teach their children. If we say we are of that nobility and are of that royalty, there's certain things that we need to become familiar with. And I'm so happy that in this broadcast, more of that was brought forward. I think a core curriculum of that was brought forward, you know, not just for our children, but for our home be a place of education for us, even as the parents, even if we don't have physical children, we still are someone, the one's child. <laughs> yes. Uh, thanks, my sis. Um, only other thing, happy, happy, happy Hanukkah. This is the fourth going in the fifth day of Hanukkah and also Kwanzaa, the third going in the fourth day, you know, but I will say Hanukkah first, but some of us have got into that from the steps that we've taken, you know, in, in, in Kwanzaa. So those, those things that lead us gradually, you know, to, you know, to, to the, to the manifestation of a complete, complete unified truth, gnosis, you know, to know. Yes, I. So um, with this, let's see, what, what time do we have? We're 12-12 right here. Um, and um, we'd like to share one thing right here with the I, because this is actually the reading for the day. For, for today, we're in the, the fourth day, or at least the fourth day, the fourth day of um, Hanukkah. Um, there's the fourth book of Maccabees. Um, and we know about many of the apocryphal works. Many of the sisters, especially the sisters more so, have also brought in from the very first broadcast on the air, Sister, Sister Emmanuel, uh, Sister Mary Rose, and many of the other sisters have brought forward like the apocryphal books. And it's kind of very interesting because in the translation, we have um, wisdom, right? They'll say wisdom. But in the language that it was translated from, at least the, the, the Greek, it would say Sophia. So when we hear these terms, you know, they might sound as though they, they don't relate, but, you know, they are, they are relative to, 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 the, to the root and the truth of the matter. I would like to share with the eye them, just to fulfill all righteousness right here on the air. I was thinking about it beforehand, didn't know whether or not, even if we didn't get an opportunity, we'd probably do it maybe tomorrow on the upper room of Zion. But um, a little reading on from the fourth book of Maccabees, because for the eight days of Hanukkah, there are certain things to be read. And one of the things that we really see as fitting is the fourth book of Maccabees. And, and there's eight chapters. And it basically tells of the persecution of people who were seeking to, to live, the Hebrew people, that is, in particular, who were seeking to live the righteous way, and, and foreigners and other people were seeking to impose their culture, you know, their world order on another group, and how many of those people were falling prey 
to this um, world order that was being superimposed and forced even by blood, sweat, tears, uh, prison, industrial murder, mayhem, forced people to give up their way of life. And these people fought back, and, and many of them were martyred because of that. And in particular, the fourth book of Maccabees, it speaks of as some particular heroes and sheroes there, the old man, Eleazar, the seven, note that right there, the seven brethren and the mother. The mother's testimony does not come forward on the fourth day. I think maybe the fifth or the sixth day we get the mother's testimony. So please, please stay tuned. And since I have begged the indulgence of the host um, for this broadcast, this WMW, there's still a little bit of time. I think the audio clip, I'm not too sure how long the audio clip is. Let me see if it's here. Hopefully it is. If it's not, I will not, you know, um, you know, um, go too long right here. Let ones get a time to kind of reflect. And I really hope that I them are able to reflect on what is brought forward. And since it has been brought forward, we're going to seek to articulate more on that. And also, Sister um, Mariama, um, okay, I hope that I will be able to work with I on that. But she brought it forward within the concept of trivium quadrivium. That's it's been systemized in the fourth cent and in the fourth. Uh, on the Middle Ages, the Middle Ages, I'm looking at the Torah and the scripture, and I'm seeing this concept there, this underlying pattern. But in that time, we just took this as holistically, right? Since our culture and our way of life was taken away from us, already there in us, maybe spiritually to some extent, a lot of other spirits have gotten in. So this is where we need to go through this, this kind of process, like Hanukkah is about relighting the light of our faith. It's like almost like it actually means initiation. Hanukkah literally means initiation or a relighting in the sense of a, a rededicating, a relivicating, a relighting of of the light of I and I of I and I faith. Um excuse me, I'm here on the board just operating the board. Give thanks for those of you still in the listening right here. And any questions, please ask questions. You know what I mean? Any questions about this? You know, personally, I don't, I like hard questions. Some people think they asking hard questions are easy questions. Sometimes people want to ask questions to stumble you. Don't try that because you're going to have your feelings hurt. Ask the questions that you really want answers for that is regarding Yahweh, truth, and life. Right? Let's be brotherly, sisterly. Let's be family. Doesn't mean there won't be ups or downs, but we do have an order about how to work those things out, right? So let's seek to do that as well. So without further ado, I'd like to play just an audio. Let me put down the sound. I hope I hope the sound is clear. Um, a little bit excited in my reading and everything here, but this is from the fourth book of Maccabees, chapter four for day four. The main item of Maccabees. A fourth book is about reason. When and when the sister mentioned about logic, let me get my notes right here because it's only a 15-minute clip. Hopefully, we'll have time to play this. When she mentioned about logic, what was it under the the trivium? Yes, yeah, the trivium, which is like tri, tri, like three. Um, logic, grammar, and rhetoric. Right? Logic, grammar, and rhetoric. Man, I was so excited. I wrote this down sloppily. Um, what's logic 
sis, I know the eye's still there. Can you just open the mic? Logic, I I gotta rewrite this. I was so excited. I wrote I wrote it down like a madman. You know, I can't even. Leave. Is that not theory? Is that it's not theory? Is it theory symbols and communication underlying logic, grammar and and rhetoric? Logic. If the eye is there, maybe the eye stepped away for a moment. Well, logic. Logic is related to the Greek logos. In the Greek Bible or the first century Bible of the Messiah and his disciples, when they said logos, they were referring to the word, to the incarnation of Yeshua, and to that word, the spirit and that truth. Yes, yes, my sister, I hear the idea. Was it theory? Yes, yes, yes. Art, yes. Logic here in the trivium is, um, is um, broken down as the art of thinking itself. Oh, it's thinking. Okay, thinking. Okay, my my handwriting was so sloppy. I only other thing I can make out right here was was um was uh what was theory? Like theory? I said no. It could link to that. No, it must be something else. I said let me just ask. Yes, logic. Yeah. Logic. Logic is for finding truth, and rhetoric is for the beautiful use of the language in expressing truth. Ah, okay, okay, okay. So that's exactly what we have. Like even in the scripture, in the beginning, in the beginning was the word, right? In the beginning was what we call the the logos, right? And then the word that comes from from logos, which is the word. So when you're reading John one and one, the gospel says in the beginning was the was the word. Literally, it would say in the Greek, in the beginning was the logos. So for us, the logos of Christ, of Messiah, of the scripture was the logic. And it was that true logic that later on comes down to us in these systems, like from the Middle Ages of the Trivium and the Quadrivium. I think many of you all are familiar with what some call the black nobility and the black royalty and how black people had a prominent role in Europe and in the Enlightenment, you know what I mean, as it were. Isn't that something? Hanukkah in the Enlightenment, you know, and these things like Trivium, Quadrivium, right, basically are our own. I hope that's not the only motivation for us to reclaim it. Hopefully we'll be able to see the spirit and truth that is true, you know, regardless of its um, origin, be able to have the spirit to discern all truth. Anyway, thank you, my sis, for that. I, I clarify that. So logic right here. So the book of our uh, fourth book of Maccabee of Maccabees is about how logic or reason was a what reason is able to do what logic how logic is that beginning logos is that beginning um as let's see another note you you had another thing you said carefully weighing questions and drawing a conclusion right logic and reason that's why the Rasta mind would say, come, make I and I reason. So that has been lost among some of us as latter-day brothers and sisters because of how the world, you know, the world has attempted to co-opt everything that is true into a kind of a commercialization or water it down, so forth and so on. So Maccabees speak about reason, right? Maccabees also speaks about wisdom or Sophia, wisdom. And Maccabees also speaks about gnosis, or knowing. So these terms are just ter- old terms for what we're speaking about even today, and it is a part of our roots. The Pistis Sophia is very much connected to the nine saints of Ethiopia. 
the nine saints of Ethiopia were persecuted by other Christians who were going after the counterfeit Christianity, and they broke away. And the only place they had a refuge of people who were receptive and in the Gnosis was in Ethiopia. And so many ones who really study will see that Gnostic relationship to what we call Ethiopian and Black Hebrew, we could say Beta Israel, Falasha point of view. That's why it's so different than the Western Gentile world. Without further ado, without further ado, 15 minutes right here, fourth book of Maccabees, chapter four, day four. The fourth book of Maccabees for the fourth day of Hanukkah, chapter four. This so-called age of reason may in this chapter read and read that philosophy of reason is 2,000 years old, some say. And this chapter is the story of the seven sons and their mother. For the reason of our father, Eleazar, like a fine steersman steering the ship of sanctity on the sea of the passions, though buffeted by the threats of the tyrant and swept by the swelling waves of the torches, never shifted for one moment the helm of sanctity until he sailed into the haven of victory over death. No city besieged with many and cunning engines ever defended itself so well as did that holy man when his sacred soul was attacked with scourge and rack and flame, and he moved them who were laying siege to his soul through his reason. That was the shield of sanctity. For our father Eleazar, setting his mind firm as a beetling sea cliff, broke the mod onset of the surges of the passions. O priests worthy of thy priesthood, thou didst not defile thy holy teeth, nor didst thou befile with unclean meat thy belly that had room only for piety and purity. O confessor of the law and philosopher of the divine life, should such should those be whose office is to serve HaTorah, the law, and defend it with their own blood and honorable sweat in the face of sufferings to the death. Thou, O Father, disfortify our fidelity to the law through thy steadfastness to glory. And having spoken in honor of idleness, thou didst not belie thy speech and disconfirm the words of Ivine philosophy. 
by thy deeds. O aged man that wast more forceful than the torches. O reverend elder that wast tenser strung than the flame. Thou great king over the passions, Eleazar. For as our father Aharon, Aaron, armed with the censer, ran through the mass congregation against the fiery angel and overcame him. So the son of Aaron, Eleazar, being consumed by the melting heat of the fire, remained unshaken in his reason. And yet, most wonderful of all, he being an old man with the sinews of his body unstrung and his muscles relaxed and his nerves weakened, grew a young man again in the iron of his reason and with Isaac-like reason turned the hydra-headed torture to impotence. Oh, blessed age, oh, reverend gray head, oh, life faithful to the law and perfected by the seal of death. Assuredly, then, if an old man despised the torments to death for righteousness' sake, it must be admitted that the inspired reason is able to guide the passions. But some perhaps may answer that not all men are masters of the passions because not all men have their reason enlightened. But as many as with their whole heart make righteousness their first thought, these alone are able to master the weakness of the flesh, believing that to Elohim they die not, as our patriarchs Abraham, Yitzhak, and Yaakov died not, but that they live to Ha Elohim, Baruch Hashem. Therefore, there is nothing contradictory in certain persons appearing to be slaves to passion in consequence of the weakness of their reason. For who is there that being a philosopher, a lover of Sophia, of wisdom, following righteously the whole rule of philosophy, love of Sophia, love of wisdom, and having put his trust in Elohim and knowing that it is a blessed thing to endure all hardness for the sake of virtue would not conquer his passions for the sake of righteousness. For the wise and self-controlled man alone is the jegna, the brave ruler of the passions. Yea, by this means even young boys 
being philosophers by virtue of the reason which is according to righteousness, have triumphed over yet more grievous tortures. For when the tyrant found himself notably defeated in his first attempt and impotent to compel an old man to eat unclean meat, then truly in violent rage he ordered the guards to bring others of the young men of the Hebrews, and if they would eat unclean meat to release them after eating it, but if they refused to torture them yet more savagely. And under these orders of the tyrant, seven brethren together with their aged mother were brought prisoners before him, all handsome and modest, and well-born, and generally attractive. And when the tyrant saw them there, standing as if they were a festal choir with their mother in the midst, he took notice of them, and struck by their noble and distinguished bearing, he smiled at them, and calling them nearer, said, Oh, young men, I wish well to each one of you and admire your beauty and honor highly so large a band of brothers. So not only do I advise you not to persist in the madness of that old man who has already suffered, but I even entreat of you to yield to me and become partakers of my friendship. For as I am able to punish those who disobey my orders, so am I able to advance those who do obey me. Be assured then that you shall be given positions of importance and authority in my service if you will reject the ancestral law of your polity. Share in the Hellenic life and walk in a new way and take some pleasure in your youth for if you drive me to anger with your disobedience, you will compel me to resort to terrible penalties and put every single one of you to death by torture. Have pity then on yourselves, whom even I, your opponent, pity for your youth and your beauty. Will you not consider with yourselves this thing, that if you disobey me, there's nothing before you but death and torments? With these words, he ordered the instruments of torture to be brought forward in order to persuade them by fear to eat unclean meat. But 
when the guards had produced wheels and joint dislocators and racks and bone crushes and catapults and cauldrons and braziers and thumb screws and iron claws and wedges and branding irons, the tyrant spoke again and said, you had better feel fear, my lads. The justice you worship will pardon your unwilling transgression. But they, hearing his persuasions and seeing his dreadful engines, not only showed no fear, but actually arrayed their philosophy in opposition to the tyrant, and by their right reason did debase his tyranny. And yet consider, supposing some among them to have been faint-hearted, weak-hearted, and cowardly, what sort of language would they have used? Would it not have been to this effect? Alas! Miserable creatures that we are, and foolish above measure. When the king invites us and appeals to us on terms of kind treatment, shall we not obey him? Why do we encourage ourselves with vain desires and dear a disobedience that is to cost us our lives? Shall we not? Oh, men, my brothers, fear the dread instruments and weigh well his threats of the tortures and abandon these empty vaunts and this fatal bragging? Let us take pity on our youth and have compassion on our mother's age. And let us lay to heart that if we disobey, we shall die. And even the divine justice will have mercy on us. If compelled by necessity, we yield to the king in fear. Why should we cast away from us this dear life and rob ourselves of this sweet world? Let us not strive against necessity, nor with vain confidence invite our torture. Even the law, HaTorah, itself does not willingly condemn us to death, we being in terror of the instruments of torture. Why does this contentiousness inflame us and a fatal obstinacy find favor with us when we might have a peaceful life by obeying the king? But no such words escape these young men at the prospect of the torture, nor did such thoughts enter into their minds. For they were despisers of the passions and masters over pain. Fourth book of Maccabees, chapter 4, for the fourth day of Hanukkah. 
Rastafari Chanukah Sameach, joyful Rastafari initiation. Yes, I. Yes, my brothers and sisters, that was just a part of the fourth of the eight readings for the Hanukkah Maccabees, the Book of Maccabees, um, the fighting holiday, um, speaking about Eleazar, the old man, um, also the seven brothers and the tyrant. Often you find in the book of um, Daniel speaks about, a lot of people talk about Antichrist. Oh, the Antichrist, Antichrist, Antichrist. Yeah, everybody talk about Antichrist, who's Antichrist and all this. But this actually comes out of also our story and our Hebrew roots and our tradition. I mentioned this earlier before. Some people want to take, when we talk about Rastafari, the foundation is on our Hebrew, this Hebrew foundation. It's the only rock that's able to support such an infrastructure. You know what I mean? So when you look at the prophecies about Antichrist and we talk about what's happening in the world and the globalism, the real keys have been given to we, and here's the good news, that even our enemies who pretend to be we (laughs) have not been able to um, use those keys. Yes, they found those keys, but, you know, the kingdom of heaven, the kingdom of heaven is voice activated, right? That's why we should lift up our voice like a trumpet, you know, and especially when the words of our mouth and the meditation of I in our hearts agree. Anyway, my brothers and sisters, it's fourth day for Maccabees, the, the testimony of the seven brothers and also the mother. Oh, man, the testimony of the mother. And all of them are testifying to reason and to logic, right, which is basically the basic building blocks, the practical building blocks of walking kingdom to which we have been called the kingdom of heaven, the kingdom of the true power, and his righteousness, Yeshua HaMoshiach. A little bit of music here at the outro. Um, yes, I. Stay tuned. You are hereby released on the conditions indicated. These conditions will be in effect until your case is disposed of or until they are changed or amended by a judge. No! no, no Personal recognizance? No! no mother's no, custody? Mother's no, no, no! Man, let's have a revolution. Let's have a revolution. Have a revolution. Have a change of mind. Queen Africa, times like these, for the spirit of Maccabees and this fighting holiday. And also, you know, hail up to the brothers and sisters observing Kwanzaa. Hopefully, they will continue to follow that path of truth and find the truth of Hanukkah. Civilization is not complete without its art, the highest form of expression of human intelligence. You have become complacent, sitting down and allowing the other nations to run away with everything. You have become a bunch of consumers. You are creators. Rise up, mighty people, accomplish what you will. Without confidence, you're twice defeated in the race of life. They took away the voices that gave the people pride. Now we're plunging into darkness. We all will have to play our part, make a bold start. Every district, sell every artist. Media houses will notice, sell them support the slackness. How so much alcohol in our parties. While the girls are broke out and they stop over, she drink knock her out. Now she no care with them proper up. It's
where you have a lot of them. Press up a cup, now the grave, them a go back at them. Them rock the national bird wing. Sell we out clean, me not think we want to jam, jam, thing. Jam rock, why we giving in to the trick? Where them a trick we from the beginning? We are resonated, we are come from the slumber release, which is trend, blood, them is running. Like that, 
you know, contain will, you know, seek to play it, maybe work on it, you know, as it were, you know, but know that this platform is our media. We say, how come the media doesn't do it? Well, this is our media. We have now the tools, the technology to, to be our media, to be our brothers and sisters keeper and to serve, you know, so what is your service or your business? You know, you want more attention there on that? We'll put a word, put a word together. We'll share it here. And in that spirit, we'd like to share this on the Hala Selassie J.A. School, the school that our father's majesty, the king of kings, you know, the true king of Israel had given, you know, those monies there, the buildup and what's ongoing. Even though the date that you hear has passed, the work continues to go on. And this, too, is in the category of education. Rastafari TV Network is a nonprofit organization and free multimedia heritage depository based in Fort Lauderdale, Florida, using technologies to advance the divine culture of Ethiopia. To continue our support and further demonstrate our commitment to students, schools, and our community, we are sponsoring our second annual free health fair at the Highly Selassie First High School on Monday, January 16, 2017, commencing at 10 a.m. in St. Andrew, Jamaica. The health fair will provide the surrounding community members as well as staff and students with health, dental, and wellness screenings and consultations. This is part of an ongoing collaborative partnership with Jamaicans Abroad Helping Jamaicans at Home, Jaja Foundation. Jaja Foundation is a New Jersey-based nonprofit organization also registered in Jamaica and works stringently to help improve the quality of health care that is delivered at public hospitals and health care centers in Jamaica. Jaja Foundation implements an annual medical mission, bringing several doctors and healthcare professionals to provide these services. As such, the health fair will be included in the Foundation's Mission for Change 2017. For the 2017 execution of the project, we invite you to partner with us to A, set up a booth to provide natural product samples or information about your services. B, mobilize a ground crew to oversee the repair, beautification, and planting of an organic garden for the community. C, donate school and medical supplies to the students and the nurses station. We look forward to a favorable response from you as we seek to diversify the services we can offer to the highly selected first high school and its surrounding communities. We kindly ask that you send us your response to partner with us on this phenomenal project that is geared towards the wellness and awareness of Jamaica's youth. By December 21st, 2016, we look forward to building a lasting partnership with our community on this and future initiatives. If you have any questions or queries, please feel free to make contact with I at 954-673-6823 or email info at rastafari.tv. Kindest regards, Sister Fanai Sunlight Selassie, founder and matriarch of Rastafari TV Network, Project Ecology Agriculture Trade. Amen, amen. Although another December 21st date, but still projects and ways that ones can get involved or even just get some of the information. And, you know, Facebook one-on-ones, you know, what ones-on-ones are doing. This is how we build up our own economy. Right, with the various different, you know, callings, you know, every African. Let's just share that message once again. Every African speaking about we, the black people of the world, and and overall the righteous people, but we have our responsibility after all. To whom more is given, more is required. Every African, that's the South. Solomon. 
Solomon. Every African is expected to contribute his share in strengthening our organization and in consolidating our unity to accelerate the victory of the freedom struggle. The word of the Lion of Yehuda has prevailed. His Imperial Majesty Haile Selassie I, the first Haile Selassie, King of Kings of Ethiopia, elect of Xavier, God, and Nahor, a greater than Solomon, is here. Christos, Christ, 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 Christ. the lies, the good news of his majesty in his Christ, and it is vital that we raise our tribal flag, the flag of the conquering lion of the tribe of Yehuda, and reinstill the virtues that we, the lost sheep, had lost. Listen and learn for the very first time in our story the real significance of the colors green, yellow, and red and the imperial insignia of Yehuda Moa Anbesa and how the blameless Ethiopians in the east and those enslaved in the west were persecuted, downpressed, degraded, and left in a virtual state of hopelessness and despair and how after that they were lifted up by the great Nagusa Neges, the great king of kings Edamawi, Kaila, Salase, of our story. Hebrew Israelite brothers is the same differences that they were in the Old Testament, Belui Kidan time. Because remember, it was only the tribe of Judah, along with Benjamin, you understand, and a portion of Don and Levi, who basically acknowledged the, the monarchy, you understand, of David, you understand, that submitted themselves. Israel did not submit itself, you understand, to the monarchy of David. It was Judah that remained faithful, you understand, to Dawi. But it was Israel, you understand, that turned aside and set up their own worship. And this is what a lot of our Hebrew Israelite brothers have done today. And that's why they reproach Ethiopia. Awo, awo. So the message, you know, the message first to the Jew, you know, Judah, you know, reaching our brothers and sisters. And I give thanks to the fellowship right here on the ear, and we're about to go to the fulfillment of this. Sister Aisha with the guide and protect the fullness of this tune. It's a beautiful tune. I give thanks for all of you who have been involved, even the coming together, the strengthening and the listening. Thank you very much, uh, Sister Mariama, to the other Sisters of the Woman's Wednesday. We look forward, you know, share what the eyes ideas are, and we'll seek to Share it here on the air if you have a product, a good, or a service, or, you know, something that you need the support of the community. We'll do our best, you know, pray on it, and also to, you know, put it forward. You know, at one of the times, you have like five nights that we meet, um, 
the like three to four of those have an opportunity more so and one time for the holy, you know, for the real getting to the depths of the holy word. Shalom once again to the brothers and the sisters, you know, first to the Jews, the black and the brown lost found, and then to I and I righteous brothers and sisters from the other nations. Shalom. Yeshua, shalom.
Heads up, Old Navy denim lovers. Today, jeans for the family are just $15 for adults, $12 for kids. Plus, this weekend is your last chance to redeem your super cash at Old Navy and OldNavy.com. Better hurry, valid 211 and 212, select styles only. Heads up, Old Navy denim lovers. Today, jeans for the family are just $15 for adults, $12 for kids. Plus, this weekend is your last chance to redeem your super cash at Old Navy and OldNavy.com. Better hurry, valid 211 and 212, select styles only.